here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't usually use this very precious hour of public radio airtime to uh, air my own complaints, you know, disputes with people I buy stuff from or do business with in other ways. That would fill a weekend, every weekend. But um, the news this week has motivated me to uh, share this personal experience with you as background for what comes next. I, um, I'm an, not always, not often an early adopter. I think the correct name for them is beta testers. But I got recommendations from a couple of people I trust in uh, 2012 who were raving about this new car, then new car, that was the first electric car available for purchase in the United States. Was it? Well, I think the Roadster came first, the Tesla Roadster, but I'm not a Roadster kind of guy. And so it was the Tesla Model S, an actual sedan, you know, like a car, like the car you rode in with your parents. Um, and I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. No, I bought the car. Um, and I have to say, as so many people say these days in interviews on the subject, I loved the car. I really liked driving it. It uh, was fun to drive. And uh, it, it still is, all these years later, as long as you remember one thing. Don't take it out of your hometown. That was just what I would have said. I didn't say it on the radio as I say uh, up to now because I thought, well, you know, everybody can have a, a goofy experience with a product and it doesn't mean you should call people off that product. What happened was I was... You got a minute? I was uh, driving to a larger-than-usual display of California wildflowers a few years ago. They call them super blooms on the local news in Southern California because, because they can't help themselves. And um, I looked on Google Maps. Okay, it's 75 miles up to there where the uh, wildflowers are ablaze. 75 miles back that's 150 miles right when I fit, charge up my Tesla I've got a, a 230 miles I've got a cushion no problem and I drove with a friend wildlife photographer friend up uh, to the desert all mainly all mainly all almost all freeway driving some up some down when you uh, go downhill the Tesla regenerates some of the mileage you've lost going up the hill but anyway 
I felt absolutely cool with uh, the mileage and the thing and the drain and the range, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm about five minutes away from the destination, the wildlife reserve, and the car's odometer is registering in the yellow already, like I'm about to run out of juice. And I'm almost just arriving. There's a whole ride back it's, I've got to have juice for. Yes, I begin sweating. Not because of the desert. So I call Tesla and they say, well, you can, there's a place you can, closest place to you to charge your car is uh, a sheriff's substation off the freeway. So I have to take my friend off the desert, crawl to the freeway, crawl down the freeway. Sheriff's substation has what's called a trickle charge. I can get 12 miles in an hour. So I do. That gets me down to Burbank, California. Beautiful, lovely downtown Burbank, where there's a supercharger. That's going to do it for me. The supercharger. And um, it's a Sunday, so there's five people ahead of me. And um, I'll skip a little bit of the story, because I've only got an hour. I call Tesla the next day and complain. And they say, great, we'll check the data and get back to you. The car sends data to the headquarters. Okay. They don't get back to me. Call them next week. Tell them the same story. They tell me the same story. We'll check the the data and get back to you. They don't get back to me. I don't hear a word from them again until five months later when I get a phone call from the escalation team. And the first thing the lady from the escalation team tells me is, uh, that happened too long ago for us to access the data now. Well, okay, why'd you wait so long? Um, she tells me three things. The car has to be driven, or the battery has to be driven to zero a few times to know where zero is. Like, where is that going to happen? The next thing she tells me is, the car learns your driving habits and estimates distances and mileage and range based on them. And I say, that's great if you drive the same route to the same job every day, but I don't. And then she says, and the, the car goes into the yellow while it still has 10%, but we don't tell you that. Thank you, escalation team lady. So I figure it's a computer on wheels and the only thing it can't handle are the numbers. But as I say, it's I, that's a personal experience. I don't share that with everybody on the radio. But this week, Reuters, the um, reputable news service, has a special report on Tesla's program of misestimating range deliberately on the high side. And uh, suddenly we get to halfway down, it flips to reality. And the people at Tesla are trained to 
try to deflect any phone calls for help with range problems. And I realize the thing that's most encouraging to me as a signal from the outside world. It wasn't just me. Hello, welcome to the show.
from Santa Monica, California, home of the homeless. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. And before we go any further, and we will, we must, here, ladies and gentlemen, is the worst idea of the year. Uh, I have to set up a little background for you first before it's revealed in all its glory. Germany, according to um, sportstalkflorida.com, has had problems getting local support to host an Olympics event. The German Olympic Sports Confederation is going around the country asking people what their opinion is about bidding to host a future Olympic slash Paralympic, don't slash the Paralympic and Paralympic Games event. Germany's had two Olympics that um, didn't quite fill everyone with uh, joy and pride. The 1936 Berlin Summer Olympics, the so-called Hitler Games, and the 1972 Munich Games, which was attacked by Palestinian terrorists who killed nine Israeli athletes and two Israeli coaches. That Olympic event, President Nixon demanded to be suspended, but uh, the International Olympic Committee, through its president, Avery Brundage, ignored calls to stop the Games and famously stated that, quote, the Games must go on, unquote. Germany was scheduled to host the 1940 Winter Olympics, but the country invaded Poland in 1939. They had their hands full, I guess. The German committee is calling its campaign Your Ideas, Your Games. The committee has picked out five areas it believes can host the event. Your Hamburg, your Berlin, and Munich. The next available Summer Olympics, not yet with a host country or location, is in 2036. That would be the 100th anniversary of the Hitler games as I said perhaps the worst idea in the world Berlin's interior minister floated the notion that Berlin should host the 2036 about uh, four years ago the, he proposed it with the thought that it would be a good opportunity to show how the event was used for propaganda purposes Hundred year, uh, yeah, a hundred years ago, but Germany's interior minister Horst Seehofer threw cold water on that idea. "Quote: It would be unthinkable if we did that. We would bring on an unspeakable international discussion and harm the Olympic idea. How would people see it across the world? Germany celebrating the hundredth year anniversary of the Nazi Olympics. That." The interior minister said, that cannot happen. He's right there. Got to give him that. And while we are on the subject. Here's some news of the Olympic movement. Produced by Jim Eversall III. Heavy rains have set back plans to test Paris's readiness for swimmers 
to race in the River Seine at next year's Summer Olympics. Games organizers say the waterway will be better prepared next year. A planned training session this week for swimmers aiming to compete in the river that cuts through Paris was canceled because the water quality dropped below acceptable standards. That's according to the International Governing Body of Swimming. That, uh, that problem can happen when rains cause overflows of untreated waste. Low waste into the Seine. France's capital city is spending massively on water management projects that officials say will make pollution caused by storms less frequent. World Aquatics said in a statement that after days of rains, quote, the water quality in the Seine has cur currently followed, fallen below acceptable standards for safeguarding swimmers' health. Unquote. This is just about a year from when they'll actually hold the Olympics. This time of year. A decision on whether the open water swimming World Cup event goes ahead as scheduled this weekend will follow more water quality tests. That competition is among a raft <laughs> of events being used to test Paris's Olympic plans. The Seine is the venue for marathon swimming at the Games next summer, and the swimming leg of the Olympic and Paralympic triathlon. Games organizers said in a statement this week the water quality will be improved next year. Promise! When additional infrastructure to better manage rains and wastewater comes online. These public works include a giant underground reservoir in Paris that will stock excess water during storms so it doesn't have to be spilled untreated into the river and can be treated later. Just, you know, Paris will be on top of that in the future. They also say the schedule for Olympic events in the river can be adjusted next year if the water quality doesn't allow them to take place on their original dates. The statement said the recent weather that pushed the Seine below acceptable levels was exceptional, with the Paris region seeing its heaviest summer rainfalls in 20 years. And in a related subject, the Commonwealth Games, which is an event among the nations of the former British Empire. Do you know they had that? Well, don't worry about it, because they're going to stop. I've made, quote, I've made a lot of very difficult decisions in this job. This is not one of them. That's Daniel Andrews, premier of the state of Victoria in Australia, announcing that the state was no longer willing to host the next Commonwealth Games in 2026. The projected cost of the hosting the event, around 1.3 billion pounds, had in fact risen to well over twice that, he said. That would be about a million and a half US dollars. Frankly, that for a 12-day sporting event, we're not doing that. But we're still doing the Olympics. It's a movement! And we all need one every day. And now the weekly festival of neologisms, that is, news of the crypto winter.
They're just figuring out different ways of describing stealing money from you. Here, uh, for example, Leet Swap, it's a company, says it's working with on-chain security experts to recover 340 Ether, that's a crypto coin, drained from its liquid liquidity provider pairs. That's money stolen. A tweet from Peck Shield shows that the exchange, Leet Swap, running on Coinbase's Layer 2 blockchain base, has been attacked. This is from uh, MSN, which I think is to do with Microsoft something. Yeah, sure. As our DEX is forked from, solid from solidly, our factory had a security pause function. <laughs> that means they somebody stole our, the money that we had. We noticed that some pool liquidity might have been compromised and we temporarily stopped the trading to investigate. Unquote. Their tweet. If you didn't lock your liquidity... Uh, Tom, Mr. Broca, lock your liquidity. Mm -hmm. You're free to remove it from the pools. The, central, the decentralized exchange added in a follow-up tweet. Data from DeFi Llama shows that the DEX peaked at a total value locked of 41.2 million the end of July. It's since gone down to 7 million as of the next day. This comes after BALD, a meme coin running on base, rug-pulled its users as the token's deployer removed millions of dollars worth of liquidity. Rug pulled. That's theft. A husband and wife cybercrime, cybercrime team have pleaded guilty to trying to launder $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin that he stole in a hack seven years ago. Heather Morgan and Ilya Liechtenstein were arrested last year after police traced their riches back to the crypto heist that's a heist while evading police morgan masqueraded as a rapper and tech entrepreneur as part of a plea deal lichtenstein admitted he was behind the hack the couple both pleaded guilty to money laundering this is according to the bbc morgan pleaded guilty to an additional count of conspiracy to defraud the United States. Now we're getting into some real language. In spite of attempting to cover up her crimes, Morgan published dozens of expletive-filled music videos and rap songs filmed in locations around New York under the name Razzleham. Uh, sorry, Razzlecon. In her lyrics, she called herself a, quote, badass moneymaker and the crocodile of Wall Street. In articles published in Forbes, Morgan also claimed to be a successful tech businesswoman, calling herself an economist, a serial entrepreneur, software investor, and rapper. But while developing her rapping and tech skills, she and her computer programmer husband were attempting to cash out from the fortune they had somehow acquired from a hack. The couple now face prison sentences, Lichtenstein's in, Lichtenstein's in line for a possible maximum 20 years in prison, and Morgan a possible 10. At the time of their arrest, 
a year and a half ago, the stash of 119,000 bitcoins was worth about $4.5 billion, the largest financial seizure of cryptocurrency ever by U.S. law enforcement, and the U.S. Justice Department's largest single financial seizure in its history. Well, we have some more raids of Trump's house to do. When the hack was carried out, the bitcoins were worth about $71 million. Court documents showed in detail how the couple cashed out millions of dollars of the bitcoins into traditional money using sophisticated techniques to try to stay under the radar. They split up the bitcoin into tiny amounts and transferred it to thousands of different crypto wallets with fake identities, mixed their stolen funds with other criminal cryptocurrency on the darknet marketplace Alphabay purchased gold coins, set up shell companies to make the Bitcoin funds look legitimate. You know, things like that. The successful police operation is the latest case to utilize tools able to analyze Bitcoin transactions on the public ledger. One of the couple's key mistakes, says the BBC, was shopping with Walmart with Walmart supermarket vouchers paid for with the stolen funds. According to Jonathan Levin, who was involved in the investigation of the crime, quote, buying gift cards and moving between different exchanges and different cryptocurrency never actually created the sort of break in providence that the couple intended, unquote. Just another reminder, not all criminals are smart. Police successfully recovered almost the full amount of money in the uh, heist because they decrypted a spreadsheet meticulously detailing the, comp- the couple's intricate methods for laundering the stash. In court documents, prosecutors say they uncovered communication records that indicate Morgan and Liechtenstein were planning to flee the U.S. for Russia his country of birth. If successful, they would probably have lived a billionaire's lifestyle, safe from arrest by the U.S. Yeah, that part of the plan sounds sensible. And a DeFi yield aggregator project, Kanagi Finance, rug pulled at the end of July. Its creators drained the $2.13 million total value locked. Kanagi Finance deleted its website and social media accounts following the exit scam. This from Web3 is going just great. Another uh, item from them. Traders hoping to get in on the next big meme coin eagerly snapped up a token called Pond OX, a Pepe the Frog branded meme coin launched by Polly OX. You know what Pepe the Frog was? I guess it still is. It's a, um, a, uh, a cartoonish character f- uh, favored by the extreme right wing. Paul Polly OX is Jeremy Cahan, a crypto personality best known for um, several things I've never heard of. So he's not that 
best known. Serious flaws in the Pond OX contract resulted in traders losing at least $2.2 million. People discovered that anyone could transfer coins belonging to other people. People quickly began rushing to steal coins from one another. Pauly OX responded by blaming the traders who bought and sold the tokens and spent the following day variously posting on Twitter, now X, that he was teaching people a lesson, that it wasn't his fault that people lost money and suggesting that the flaw was part of a bigger plan for the project. Quote, no one stole your tokens, LOL. The contract is literally designed as such, he wrote to angry traders accusing him of a rug pull. He added to the website a message reading, quote, Greed kills. And just this note, those weren't the only hacks and rug pulls in crypto world this week. Together, like traffic and weather. 
From Santa Monica, home of traffic and weather, this is Le Show, and now... Good news. A Japanese supermarket has started analyzing customers' in-store behavior and feeding it to a generative artificial intelligence to drive an avatar that makes real-time suggestions about stuff you might want to buy. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? The Aruk Mitajiri supermarket in the city of Hofu not tofu, started a trial of this arrangement this week, wielding tech from Fujitsu that uses video cameras to detect shoppers who linger at displays, compare multiple products, bend down towards a shop display, pick up a product, or respond to in-store content. So you've been warned. Take your list buy off it and get out of there observations of such behaviors are used to tune prompts for a generative ai manifested as a customized customized avatar concierge that pumps out custom sales patter and or content fujitsu expects this process will result in customers returning to the shelves confident of what they want to purchase and happy to uh, Pay for it. The Japanese tech giant cooked this up and this is um, from the British Tech Journal, the Register. Japanese tech giant cooked this up in conjunction with a research group led by Naoto Onzo, director of the Institute of Marketing and Communication at Japan's Waseda University. This is what they're teaching in universities these days. That team apparently advised Fujitsu that warmth and competence, indicators of a customer service provider's personality and knowledge, as well as the design and functionality of the product, influence customer buying decisions. That's in quotes. That insight led to the creation of a model that can, quote, estimate the behavior transition probability of presenting customer service and promotional content based on the behavior and attribute data of individual customers analyzed by the human sensing technology, unquote. No, it doesn't make you feel spied upon. Come on. Fujitsu reckons this is a good idea because customers increasingly want, quote, engaging consumer-friendly experience. But creating the content to deliver those takes time and money, and people to do the job, and AI can do it faster and cheaper. Supermarket's trial of the technology runs through mid-October. Fujitsu plans to launch a solution based on the trial during um, this current financial year, which ends next March. It's a smart, 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 smart world.
And now news of the godly. Deadline Lisbon Pope Francis blasted Portugal's Catholic church leaders for the, quote, scandal, unquote, of clergy sex abuse this week as he kicked off a trip to Portugal, saying their actions, Portugal's Catholic church leaders, had helped drive the faithful away and ordering members of the Catholic hierarchy to change their ways and treat victims better. Nice reported by the Associated Press. Francis waded head-on into the scandal roiling the Portuguese church upon his arrival in Lisbon. He's there for five days for the first World Youth Day Catholic Festival since COVID. A panel of experts hired by the Portuguese church reported about six months ago that priests and other church personnel in Portugal may have abused at least 4,815 boys and girls since 1950. The report represented the latest reckoning by a European church with its history of abuse and cover-up. Prior to the report, Portuguese church officials had insisted that there had only been a handful of cases. After the release of the report, they initially refused to remove named abusers from ministry or to compensate victims. Francis raised the issue during a vigil service for Portuguese clergy and nuns at Lisbon's iconic Hieronymus, yeah, Hieronymus Monastery, where hundreds of people gathered in February to pray for abuse victims. The Pope demanded that bishops better respond to abuse victims by accepting them and listening to them. He uh, acknowledged, speaking in his native Spanish, that many clergy and nuns in countries with once thriving parishes feel weary about their vocations because the Catholic faithful are increasingly detached from their faith. He's uh, widely expected to meet in private with abuse survivors this week, as he has done during past foreign trips. The Portuguese Catholic Church promised in March to build a memorial to victims that would be unveiled during World Youth Day. Organizers scrapped that plan a few weeks ago. Deadline San Francisco, the San Francisco Archdiocese of the Roman Catholic Church is, quote, very likely, unquote, to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The uh, reason, the fallout financially, after hundreds of sex abuse lawsuits against the church. This from the San Francisco Chronicle. Archbishop Salvatore Cardellone issued a statement this week after questions from the Chronicle saying, quote, After much contemplation and prayer, I wish to inform you that on Chapter 11, bankruptcy reorganization is very likely. Unquote. The Archbishop said that process would allow the Archdiocese to deal with the cases collectively rather than one at a time and would allow the Archdiocese to reorganize its finances and continue operations. That would follow a similar action by the Diocese of Oakland, which filed for Chapter 11 on May 8th, saying it could not shoulder the burden of litigating 330 cases. Other dioceses and archdioceses across California and the rest of the country, as you know, have also filed for bankruptcy. The San Francisco Archdiocese faces more than 500 civil lawsuits related to sexual abuse cases. The archbishop said the majority of those cases occurred 
in the 60s, 70s, and 80s and involve priests who are deceased or no longer in ministry. His statement, followed by a series of questions and answers, appeared on a page on the Archdiocese website entitled Protecting Children. And the Diocese of Syracuse, New York, has agreed to a $100 million settlement with parishioners who claimed they were preyed on by priests. That would be the biggest payout by a Roman Catholic diocese in the U.S. since at least 2018. Not a, not a dime of that money is coming from the six insurance companies that cover the Diocese of Syracuse, according to lawyers involved in the case. This reported by NBC. Instead of the insurance companies, as part of the bankruptcy proceedings, the diocese itself will have to shell out $50 million. The parishioners in the diocese will have to contribute $45 million. That's a big collection plate. And other entities aligned with the diocese will pay $5 million to settle the 411 abuse claims. Said a spokesperson for the diocese, people do give money to the, parish to the parishes in the general collection, and unless they specify that this donation is going to a special project, yes, it could wind up going towards the settlement. That said, the spokesman added the diocese intends to, quote, pursue our insurers, unquote. Also, individual parishes may have to tap their savings and investments. Oh, no. Deadline Albany, an 84-year-old retired bishop of Albany who has been accused of sexual abuse and has unsuccessfully sought to be removed from the priesthood, said this week he recently married a woman in a civil ceremony. Emeritus Bishop Howard Hubbard <laughs> made the surprise announcement during a tumultuous time for the Albany Diocese, according to the Associated Press. It filed for bankruptcy this year. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? After a surge of lawsuits from people who say they endured sexual abuse as children sometimes decades ago. Current bishop of the upstate New York Diocese said it did not consider Hubbard's marriage to be valid. Hubbard, retired in 2014, has acknowledged covering up allegations of abuse by priests, in part to avoid scandal. He has adamantly denied accusations that he abused minors. News of the Godly, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Now, news of the warm, won't you? I think you already did. Soft, listen to the warm. We can listen to the warm. Which do you want first, the good news or the bad news? Okay, the rate of deforestation in Brazil's Amazon has dropped to its lowest point in six years. That's based on data from the Space Agency, according to the BBC. In July of this year, last month, 193 square miles of rainforest were cleared in Brazil. That's 66% less than July last year. The drop is a welcome boost for the government of Luis Inácio Lula da Silva, known as Lula, who uh, pledged to end deforestation by 2030 when he took office beginning of this year. Rainforest destruction had surged, as you probably know, under his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro. He promoted mining indigenous lands in the 
Amazon, and forest clearances soared at the same time as resources to protect the forest were cut. The Amazon rainforest is a crucial buffer in the global fight against climate change. 60% of it is located in Brazil. Lula came to power promising to halt the damage done during Bolsonaro's four-year term, and the figures released by the satellite agency show that things are improving, as reported by the BBC. Which also reports, however, that the oceans have hit their hottest ever recorded temperature, the world's oceans, as they soak up warmth from climate change with dire implications for our planet's health. That's uh, the BBC's adjective, which I overemphasized. The average daily global sea surface temperature beat the 2016 record this week, according to the EU's climate change service, Copernicus. Copernicus. It reached 69.73 degrees Fahrenheit, far above the average for this time of year. Oceans, as you may know, are a vital climate regulator. They soak up heat, produce half Earth's oxygen, and drive weather patterns. Warmer waters have less ability to absorb carbon dioxide, meaning more of that planet-warming gas will stay in the air. The atmosphere to you and it can also accelerate the melting of glaciers that flow into the ocean leading to more sea level rise hotter oceans and heat waves disturb marine species like your fish and whales as they move in search of cooler waters upsetting the food chain uh, experts warn that fish stocks could be affected i didn't even know you could invest in fish news of the warm ladies and gentlemen a copyrighted feature of this broadcast and now, the apologies of the week. I'm sorry about that. We're so sorry. Wells Fargo is a big uh, American bank, as you probably know. Its customers reported this week that deposits they made at the bank had disappeared from their accounts. Why, it's like they're trying to be all crypto-like. The outage tracking website Down Detector shows a higher than average number of reports about the bank. The uh, page's comment section shows many down detector users claiming they are missing money from their accounts. On the social media site X, formerly Twitter, a representative for the bank answered one customer's complaint that he'd lost his deposit with a response, Hi there! Our technical teams are aware of this issue and are working to resolve this. I apologize for any inconvenience they may have caused. Please call us any time. Other ex-users who said they were missing money received similar responses from the bank's customer service account. Wells Fargo issued a statement to CNN saying, quote, Wells Fargo is aware that some customers' deposit transactions are not showing on their accounts. The issue will be resolved as soon as possible. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience. Unquote. The bank has not yet said when they expect the issue to be resolved. Or where the money is. Dateline Chicopee, Massachusetts. City Councilor William Courchain issued a formal apology this week after coming under fire for posting what critics and some fellow city councilors described as a racially insensitive meme 
on his Facebook page. At the end of a four-hour meeting and during a time when city councilors each have a chance to make comments that can include updating constituents about ongoing issues or upcoming events and even offering birthday wishes, Cruchain read a short statement saying he regrets hurting anyone, even if it was unintentional. Quote, my sharing of the post was not meant to be offensive, and for anyone who did find it offensive, I again am sorry. For that reason, I have removed the post, unquote. The post, which he shared in uh, mid-July, features White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, a black woman, next to a still from a comedy act of actor Jamie Foxx, in costume, with the caption, quote, Good luck getting this out of your head, unquote. Gorchain said he posted it only to his personal Facebook page and thought he limited the people who could see it to close friends and family. But later learned he erred when he, when he activated privacy settings so it was open to the general public. He added no comments when he shared it. Quote, I shared a meme of two black people making the same facial expressions that were so identical they could have been twins. I simply found humor in the fact that two people many years apart could make such an identical expression, which is why I believe the post was created by the original creator, unquote. By which he means God. Cochain said humor like art is subjective. After talking to some friends, he now realizes how some people are offended by the meme. Quote, My life is about helping people, and I think I've proven that through the city council. Thankfully, people who have seen my work and know me know I would never post anything to offend anybody. It hurt me to the core that someone would think of, that, of me as that kind of person. It's not who I am at all. Unquote. He's also a corrections officer for the sheriff's department. Officials are investigating his post, but he's not been placed on any kind of leave. Union officials have told him not to talk about the issue, which is why Corchain said he chose to air his apology only as a city councilor and only during the time available to him in the meeting. He said he has learned the hard way to be careful and more thoughtful before putting something on social media. And yes, this is 2023. Michael Schill is president of Northwestern University and a former president of the University of Oregon and dean of the law schools of the University of Chicago and the University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA, down the rest of us. Since the findings from an independent investigation of hazing, in our football program at Northwestern were announced in July, our student athletes and our coaches have been thrust into the national spotlight and have come under intense criticism. I understand and accept the criticism. The hazing that was documented in the investigation is entirely unacceptable, and I apologize on behalf of the university to those athletes and all others affected. It is critical that we understand why hazing took place and what must change in terms of our culture processes, and personnel in order to firmly eradicate it. Why was hazing not reported to the university over the many years it occurred? Why might some, why might some staff have failed to notice or stop hazing activity? How can we help students recognize hazing and reassure them that their complaints will be investigated promptly and appropriate disciplinary action will be taken? 
Those were his questions. And I guess we can all share them. Hasbro Incorporated has apologized to Activision Blizzard for saying that the company had misplaced Xbox 360 area era Transformers games like Transformers War for Cybertron and the sequel Fall of Cybertron in an interview with Transformers World 2005 on July 28th the toy company Hasbro stated sadly apparently Activision's not sure what hard drives are on in their building when a company eats a company that eats a company things get lost and that's very frustrating Hope is that now that the deal is moving forward with Microsoft and Xbox, that they'll go through all the archives and every hard drive and to find it all. Because it's an easy Game Pass ad, Hasbro added. In response, Lulu Cheng Masurvi, Activision's Executive Vice President of Corporate Affairs, took to Twitter, now X, to deny these allegations, assuring that Activision has the code for the Transformers games and that the company never lost them. These headlines are wrong. We have the code. It's not lost and never was, the executive tweeted. Now a Hasbro representative reached out to share an official statement and apologize to Activision to clarify comments that suggest Transformers games have been lost were made in error. Hasbro said, we apologize to Activision and regret any confusion. They've been great partners, and we look forward to future opportunities to work together. The Hasbro statement concluded. And finally, in the world of um, K-pop, not a, not a radio station, but uh, Korean pop music, TO1's Chan has personally apologized for wearing a do-rag at a conference, convention, KCON 2022 in LA last year. On August 3 of this year, he took to Instagram to apologize in both English and Korean for wearing a do-rag during his performance last year. Quote, I would like to sincerely apologize to everyone who's been offended by my outfit for the special stage at KCON 22. After the incident, I've been contemplating how to phrase my words to express my sincere condolences to those I might have offended. I apologize for my late apology. I wore do-rag to show my utmost respect for hip-hop culture, not fully understanding how inappropriate this could be. I had absolutely no intention to offend or degrade anyone or any culture. I had been wearing do-rag on a few occasions, both on and off stage, and now I'm aware that I wasn't mindful enough of the seriousness of the issue. I will take this opportunity to be more attentive to the issues related to diversity and respect and to become a more mature artist. Unquote. A member of a boy band. And for the first time in this story, I read Durag spelled D-U-R-A-G. I'm sure there'll be a, an apology forthcoming. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of the show. Back next week, same time, on this same radio station, or whenever you want it on your audio device of choice. And it would be just like Donald Trump being indicted again. If you'd agree to join with me, then would you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego desk, to Pam Halstead, to Thomas Walsh at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this broadcast, your chance to get, what were those things again? Cars I Talk t-shirts. And the, you'll see the playlist of the music here. It's a lot of stuff to read and watch and love. All at harryshare.com. And I'm on Twitter, or whatever they're calling it now, at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the home of the homeless.